Hi everyone, welcome back to Pregnancy Prep, a podcast designed to help get you ready for pregnancy, labor and delivery, and everything that comes next. My name is Ainsley Kirkpatrick, and I'll be your host. I'm a registered massage therapist and doula here in Ontario, Canada, and I am here to answer your questions, big or small, relating to pregnancy and labor and delivery. So let's get into it. Today's episode is very special. It's our first episode with a guest. Um, Today we have Lauren Graff, who's a sales representative from Knowledge First Financial, and she's going to be telling us all of the things that we don't know about RESPs and how to save for our children's future. It's a It's a very, very important topic, and it's one that I do not know enough about, and so I thought you guys and I could all learn a little bit about what is available to us and what we can be doing and how simple it is to start to plan for our children's future. So we have Lauren Graff on a call, and uh, I do just want to preface it before um, playing the episode that this was my first time doing... um, uh, phone in interview, my first time doing an interview on a podcast where I'm the host. So um, the audio isn't perfect and the um, the editing is maybe a touch choppy. Uh, so I just wanted to warn everybody and apologize in advance. Um, it's certainly not perfect, but I think that the episode is really strong and uh, is something that we could all learn from. So without further ado, here's our call with Lauren. Alrighty, here we go. We have Lauren on the line. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Ainsley. How are you doing today? I'm doing well now that we've got this all sorted out. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, thank goodness for uh, for technology. I, I I don't I don't have a clue. You know when <laughs> where to start with it. Yeah, I know. Thank goodness for technology, but I also have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm still glad it's here, though. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right. So I've done a small introduction for you, Lauren, but would you like Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself to the podcast listeners and just give a little brief overview of who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Lauren and uh, I live in Lanark County here in Perth, Ontario, and I'm a mom of two and a half kids. Um, I have a baby coming in about two weeks. And, uh, and I, um, my background is in business. I have an an MBA, a master's in business and have worked in wealth management for about 10 years prior to this. Um, so I, my expertise or my, my, uh, what my job right now, I guess you could (laughs) say is, um, is working with families to help them set goals for RESPs. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my thing right now. It, it it gives me a lot of flexibility to be with my my children at home and and balance my work home life. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think I'm just gonna jump right in based on uh, your description of yourself there and ask, okay. hey, what's an RESP for somebody who might not know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a really fair question because you you only shop for an RESP a couple of times in your life, and um, even you know, uh, business people aren't fully aware of all of the details and they change. Um, uh, the government changes the rules. And so, um, I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I Googled RESP just to be sure I had the exact right words before this phone call. So I, like many of our listeners, I'm sure are not fully educated on what's going on with RESPs. 
Fair enough. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, it, it could be a very dry topic for some people, but but what it is in a nutshell is it's it's a registered education savings plan. And what that is, is it's just a savings account where families can contribute to or not contribute to and get government grants uh, as well. So the government will match your contributions or if you happen to be from a low-income family, or, or um, you know, be going through a little bit of a down, you know, we all go through um, mm-hmm. lower-income years. Um, you could still qualify for government grants. So um, that's it in, in sort of a high-level explanation. Yeah. And so when we had talked previously, we thought that this would be a good pairing and a really good episode for my listeners, because what my podcast is trying to do is just simplify things and answer questions that people might have. And this might be one of those questions that people aren't even thinking about yet. It's something kind of in the back of their mind. They're about to become new parents and they're like, yes, at some point I'm going to have to do that. But like you had mentioned, for people who aren't business oriented or don't work in the financial sector, if you never got educated on this, you have no idea. Like this is such a daunting subject to approach. So we're really excited to have you on here to try to simplify it and explain it in a way that's easy yeah. to understand. <laughs> no, and it can be very, very daunting. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Um, a lot of a big part of my job is educating the public, and um, and it can be daunting to think of of the future and and the. Ex- lo- the large expense, you know, that post-secondary will be um, in the future. And um, and the key is to plan early, to start early and to ask these questions and um, tackle them with a knowledgeable advisor. Um, yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, because I just don't know, is it something that most people do in your experience? Do most people get RESPs or is that just something that, like, ultra rich people do the people who can afford it is it something that only they do or is this something that most people do it it, that's a very good question and the answer is only 50 to 60 percent of canadian kids will um, graduate high school with an resp and um it it doesn't it's not necessarily low income or high income that um determines that it's just simply uh People think, oh, I can wait until, you know, later to do it. Um, some people don't even realize that they can qualify for the government grants um, and they just simply don't apply. Um, they're, they're too overwhelmed in the beginning. Um, and like you said, uh, the, so many people don't know about RESPs and don't even know yeah. it's available to them. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really important thing to talk about, I think. And I find, too, um, because as a doula, I'm dealing with people mainly when their children are incredibly, incredibly young and in lots of Mm -hmm. cases not even born yet. And I know for parents like that, it is hard to even envision that those kids will eventually grow up and go to school and need these savings. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's so far from people's minds. And then when it does approach the front of your mind, sometimes you're thinking like, I don't even know where to start. Like, it's so scary. I don't know where to start. I might as well just not start. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and you're just trying to survive those first uh, few years with the little kids and, um, 
uh, you know, it, it maybe just something you simply forget about and uh, put off uh, until later. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So because I, I self-admittedly don't know a whole lot about investing and financial planning and stuff like that, is there a way that RESPs are different from other investments that parents might not realize? That That's also a good question. Um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, with an RESP, um, there's a timeline. It's time sensitive. Um, right, right. When um, you're... You you want the money to be there when your child turns eighteen and is or is ready to go to um, post secondary. So if you think about how the market goes up and down, and we're all riding that wave, mm-hmm. um, you don't want to have a crash <laughs> the year that your child goes to university and have to say, "Sorry, hun, you have to wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to wait until next year, or or, or until the the market recovers to go to right. school." So yeah. in that in that sense, um, there's a timeline. Um, whereas you know RRSPs, you have a much longer timeline, and uh, you can uh, kind of anticipate when you'll be um, be uh, um, going to retire, or you know you could cash in a little bit earlier. There's a little more flexibility with uh, with other investments. Okay, well that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. And then, so for somebody who wants to set their child up for success and wants to invest in some way, um, but is just unsure of kind of where to start and which path to take, would you be able to tell us um, like specific benefits of having an RESP? Sure. Yeah. So I have, I've had clients ask me, you know, why wouldn't I just put my money in a, in a T, in a TFSA? Right. Um, grows um, very, you know, that's something that they can take the money out of. Um, it's accessible to them. Whereas with an RESP, it's registered, meaning that you can't take the money out. Mm-hmm. And, um, or you, I mean, you can take the money out, but, the, the government doesn't make it easy for you to do so once you've put the money in. And the reason for that is just to safeguard that money for your child's education. So um, what we suggest is, um, you know, starting with an amount that's comfortable for you. It should not mm-hmm. be a financial burden if you're on maternity leave. Um, it You should not be scraping every month uh, trying to get the money together and then you you face financial hardship um, in doing so, so right. picking picking a, an amount that's comfortable is so key, and um, and the earlier you start, the better. And the reason for that is because we all, most of us receive a child benefit from the government, and you know it might not be there the first year that you have your baby, but it will be there the the second year and onwards, and it's usually a pretty generous amount. And if you just earmark a portion of that, um, so it's from the government, the government matches it with the government grants, right? It could end up, the government can end up paying for your child's education. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Yes. So it doesn't matter if you have one child or if you have eight children, um, if you're going to be getting more um, with your baby bonus, um, which you can allocate towards your RESP. 
And is that something like one of the services that you offer? Like if somebody was to contact you at your work and was trying to get help with all of this, um, is, is one of the things that you offer is telling them these things that we might not know, these these funds from the government and the things that we can apply for that we might not even realize that we're eligible for? Yes, that's um, yes, that's that's definitely a big part of what I do. So just to kind of break it down as as to what the government grants look like, um, you can receive up to seventy two hundred dollars of the Canada Education Savings Grant. And that's you have to contribute in order to receive that grant. Um, And that's over like if you start from now, if your child was um, born today, um, you know, you have 18 years to claim that amount. Um, so you could actually claim it within the first uh, 14 years. Um, but if you don't get it all in in that time, you still have another four years um, to claim that. The second okay. grant is the, uh, the Canada Learning Bond, which this one you don't actually need to contribute anything to it. You just have to um, fall within a, a low income bracket. It's about 48,500 um, and below. So if your household income is less than that, you can receive up to $2,000 um, in total for your child. So, you know, if, if your child today is 17 and you, um, you happen to fall into that income bracket, uh, Give, give me a call or give your financial advisor or, or go to your bank and claim that amount because it's free. It's, it, right. it's an opportunity lost if you don't claim it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I would tell my clients when I speak to them. In yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that we were able to get this on a podcast. We still have more questions and stuff like that. But just for that question particularly um, – there's just so much that people who aren't financially savvy and not business savvy and and don't have financial advisors right at this time don't know. Mm -hmm. So that is just so incredible. Those two resources could make such a big difference for people. Absolutely. And, you know, if we, we encourage it, encourage our clients to think of it as a family affair. So if you get birthday money, if, if your child gets birthday money or you have grandparents that say want to put $25 in per month or um, whatever, whatever your family can do, or we've right. had teenagers, we've had our clients, um, the students themselves put money into their RESPs, make it a fun event, make it, um, something that is rewarding for everybody. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, your child will also appreciate it, I think, a lot more if they are contributing themselves um, when they're a little bit older. So, yeah, it, uh, that's just one way to think about it, too. Absolutely. And I even know, I know people in uh, my life who for their kids' first birthdays, it was like, listen, we have enough books, we have enough clothes, we have enough toys. Um, so we just want your presence at the birthday party and no presents. But if you are insistent on wanting to bring something with you, uh, just please help us contribute to starting the education fund. That's wow. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Um, yeah. That's really good to hear. Um, I thought the first time I saw that, I thought, what an excellent idea. 
because it's true when they're one what do they really need right (laughs) yeah um and it's it just usually goes to plastic toys or something like that which (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and it is hard to say don't bring anything because people will just kind of go rogue and get something so it's, it's nice to kind of direct that into such a positive and helpful direction of if you would like to bring something please Mm -hmm. let's start up that education fund yeah (laughs) so back to um these wonderful questions you Mm -hmm. touched on it a little bit but is there like an ideal time to start one of these is there an ideal time for these new parents who are listening to this podcast or parents to be who are listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. um to kind of keep in their mind of like this is when lauren said is the best time to start (laughs) Honestly, the earlier you do it, the easier it will be. And um, I've had clients whose kids are eight years old and they're only starting and they've had to, um, you know, it suddenly becomes, you know, a, quite a big financial burden um, they have yeah. to, to try to catch up um, to, to collect the government grants and, um, and then to look at what the cost of education will be in the future. Um, it, it can be quite daunting if you start later. And so, you know, if you're, if you're a new mom today, um, I encourage you or new parent, just uh, have a look into it. Uh, you know, putting as little as um, $42 in per month, uh, can you can end up with, you know, almost $20,000 at the end um, when your child graduates so that's just even a conservative amount um so to to get the full benefits of the government grant um the the 7200 uh you would need to put in about 210 dollars per month and um and then to maximize if if you want the the maximum amount you can put into an resp is fifty thousand, and um and to, to reach that amount, um, you would need to put in about $245 in per month. And that's if your child were to start today. So as you can see, it would, it would snowball very nicely um, over the yeah. long run. But if, it, if you waited until your child was older, um, it could, that amount could be, be quite large and um, overwhelming um, if, if you wait too long. Yeah, so it sounds like... If people are able to and if they listen to this podcast and maybe reach out to you or reach out if they have a current financial advisor, mm-hmm. that if you start earlier, you can start at a little bit more of a conservative number, yep. consistently contribute and then have something that's really, really helpful to your child when they're starting their education yes. versus waiting until they're 12 and you're like, oh, they're going to school soon. They're going to be... Right. They're going to be 18 real quick. <laughs> and then you have to like really aggressively go at it. Yes. Yeah. So it's, exactly. uh, this would save a headache and a heartache. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and as I'm, you know, the child benefits, um, the baby bonus that you receive is, is, a, is quite a bit more when the child is young. So under the age of six, you get more money. And right. so use that as an, as an engine, as, as, as a way to, to get going. Um, and you won't really feel it as, I don't think, I don't think people will feel it as much if, um, you, you know, if you, if you use that money when, when they're, 
you know, six and under um, to, mm-hmm. to get it going. And especially um, for anybody who is currently pregnant or um, like with a very, very new baby, um, if you're hearing this now, you're almost at an advantage. If you never get used to using that baby bonus for something else, if you just immediately allocate this to an RESP and it's like it was never your money, you never touched it, it just immediately goes to it, you might not even notice a difference (laughs) because it was never your money. Like you just send it right there. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, It's... uh, we we just say money in money out and you don't even you don't even feel it that's right. that's exactly right and of of course i i don't want to generalize i know that not everyone is in the same financial place and that's not an option for everybody but just if it is an option for you what a what a fantastic idea to just allocate it right to the RESP right away certainly yeah yeah and and there we've had families that completely rely on the child benefit to um, clothes and food yeah. and, and live on and um and there's but but even within that you know as little as 25 dollars per month um if you can do it uh will we'll go a long way towards um their education yeah and i also think maybe in a way um the people who think like oh i don't know if i can afford that 25 actually does kind of feel like it's stretching a little bit even though it seems like a small number to some people mm-hmm. uh i think the reality is again doing it ahead of time is going to save you quite a bit of heartache because if the longer you wait the more you'll feel like you have to put in yeah and and you can always start with an amount and and stop it if you need to for for a little bit or re, or reduce the amount or increase it later um there's there's quite depending on where you go there's quite a lot of flexibility within our RESPs I mean that's fantastic to know that you're not this isn't something that like there's a gun to your head and you have to keep it exactly how you're doing it at the exact same rate <laughs> that you're doing it that there's some flexibility and some change and if if things do even shift for you um financially and you're making more money then you can shift it and start to be contributing more money Mm -hmm. amazing yeah now as somebody in your position and in your line of work if um if the listeners happen to have other um financial advisors or if they're not in canada and they're looking for somebody is there anything that they should be looking out for like a red flag or something like that when Mm -hmm. they're choosing their resps if they're not lucky enough to call you and work with you directly (laughs) that's that's sweet um there are a few red flags and um, I, and I say this objectively because I'm I'm a parent first before I, I work for an institution. And, and I yes. would say that um, read the fine print. Uh, they're, they're organizations and, and pretty reputable ones that um, will charge you fees, huge fees for, for um, pulling out of an RESP if you wanted to, to say, move your money to another organization or another bank or whatever. Um, they, they will, withhold um some of your funds and so just just read the fine print it's it in this case it really really matters uh i would say that most um most banks and financial institutions uh you know have got it right but um within that you know they they are um you do want to be uh um 
you you do want to make an educated decision and Absolutely. um so yeah, the, the more flexibility you have with an RESP, the better. Um, that's really, really helpful, actually, to know about the red flags. And even more helpful that you didn't just say, read the fine print. You gave an example. Because mm-hmm. that's something that, like, my grandparents and my parents tell me all the time when I'm signing contracts and reading over things. And unfortunately, I'm from the age where, like, one of the biggest lies that millennials tell across the board mm-hmm. is... Um, yes, I read the terms and conditions <laughs> and no one has read the terms and conditions. <laughs> so when I'm signing an actual paper contract, I have my dad and my grandpa's voice in my head saying, read the fine print Ainsley, but I don't know what I'm looking for. So it's fantastic that you were able to say, look at the parts that are talking about if you ever had to pull out, if you ever had to move this money and the fees mm-hmm. that are associated with that. Yes. Very good looking out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They they make them long for and small print for a reason. Um the the other thing I would watch out for are the fees just in general, uh, to Ainsley. Um the anything I would say above two percent um for an MER uh, management expense ratio. Um, and that sounds like a very fancy word, but all that means is it's just a, an administrative um, expense. Um, anything above 2%, um, it will erode your account more than you know. And um, so just even if you plug your um, information into a, an online calculator that calculates what if the fees will be at the end, um, you'll be amazed. It's kind of like a mortgage uh, at how high your fees will end up being in the end. So just be mindful of that when, when, you, um, when you commit to an organization as well. Could I have you repeat the uh, little acronym again there? Because I missed it. The MER. So it's the a M-E-R. management okay. expense ratio. Yeah. Good, good, good. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, now, when it is actually time to withdraw the money, So let's say you're not withdrawing it to move it to another institution. This is actually like your child is going to school now. Mm -hmm. Is that a difficult process? Is that something people should be worried about at all? It's not a difficult process at all. Uh, We've come a long way in Canada with, uh, with RESPs. It used to be difficult and uh, it used to be difficult with the group plans, the scholarship plans. Um, Most financial institutions have now adopted uh, individual plan and so it's kind of like a bank account um, in your in your your name um, with your child as the beneficiary so uh, with that being said um, all you would do um, is submit your receipts or your quotes or um, whatever you know your university has given you and um, you would do send that to your financial institution and they would um, give you the the money. So, um, just so you know, also that the government has now opened up um, what's considered a post-secondary education expense. It used to just be, um, it used to be quite narrow in what you could spend the money on, but today it, it you could use it for a flight to go to art school in Italy. Um, you could use it to buy a car. Um, so long as you can prove that the You'll be driving to campus, the child will be driving to campus um, for, for education purposes. 
you could use it for an apprenticeship or a trade. Um, it's it's now post secondary is anything from a three week program all the way to a PhD, and that's anywhere in the world. So long as it's registered um, or a recognized institution. So that's that's, that's kind of a new thing as well. Yeah. Wow, that's really great that they did shift kind of with the times because it is becoming so apparent that a university degree is not the only way to receive a really high quality post uh, post high school education. Absolutely. When I was going to school, which was uh, I went even don't even know when <laughs> <laughs> it it you felt the pressure to go to a four four year university. You had to get a um an undergrad and and it's and now we know that trades are doing you know canada needs trades and and people who can who can do other things so um that's fantastic all education is fantastic i'm just saying we're really lucky that we're shifting that university isn't the be-all end-all that there's other options and that the financial institutions are recognizing that that's incredible yeah and, and even you could you could use your um your education savings for um for for a three week um program and um you know it would be considered uh eligible so uh you know Amazing. to say oh my child won't go to post secondary um you you actually have 35 years to make that decision that's how long you can keep the account open for so oh wow that's amazing um, i didn't realize it was that long yeah. So if you have, if there's a change of heart when your child's 34 um, and they want to go to culinary school or something <laughs> like that, you know, the money's there, they could use it for that as well. Yeah. Now, because a lot of my listeners um, are listening to this in preparation because it's pregnancy prep, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them actually are not parents yet. A lot of them are either parents to be or maybe currently even just planning to get pregnant. Um, if they were listening to this episode, um, is there something that they could be doing before the baby arrives, before they have their children? Is, is this something if they were real go-getters um, that they could do? For sure. Uh, you, you would only qualify for absolutely. I come, if you're thinking about it and, and you want to start a little savings account um, and start putting money into it, in preparation for when the baby's born, um, I highly encourage you to do that. It will take so much weight off of um, when you're, you know, ready to start your RESP and and a lump sum, you know, payment up front would certainly um, help as well. But um, unfortunately, uh, prenatals um, aren't. Um, eligible we, we can't file them until the baby is born and um so it's anyways if 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 you're a go-getter and, and you wanted to put some money into you know a, a separate account um put it in when the baby's born and then start gaining that the government grants um i that would be the the best scenario for sure understood got it yeah okay now, I mean, you have provided so much information. Thank you so, so much for your time. Um, sure. But if somebody had their own questions um, that maybe I didn't think to ask, or if they just wanted to speak with you personally and uh, kind of feel out the waters, is there a way that people could contact you that you'd like to share? 
Sure. Um, yes, sure. I work for a company called Knowledge First Financial, and uh, we're the largest in Canada. Uh, we're bigger than all the five big banks put together. I didn't mention that earlier. I just realized that. Um, but you can find me at uh, lauren.graff, G-R-A-F-F, um, as in Frank, at kff.ca, or you could give me a call at 613-267-8320, or you could find me on Facebook. Um, I'm Lauren Graff, RESP's um, Knowledge First Financial. You, you, you'd be able to find me, I'm pretty sure. Amazing. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes as well. I will uh, reach back out to you and make sure I get all the right information. But the um, the two government grants that you had mentioned, mm-hmm. and I'll put those in the link as well, or not the link, but just the show description so that people, um, if we speak too fast or uh, if they just prefer to have things written down, they can always go to the show notes and they'll be able to see all of the information that you just gave, your company and your email and everything. Um, as well as those uh, two things that you pointed out uh, earlier in the podcast. Oh, wonderful. Okay, great. Awesome. This has just been fantastic, Lauren. Thank you so much. I think the listeners are really going to get quite a lot out of this because, like we said so many times, it's just not something that everyone thinks about. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I know it's it can be a dry topic, and um, I, I love talking about it. I love sharing this with, with others. And, um, you know, it, it just makes sense to you, you, you deal with families all the time and, um, and new families. And, and so, uh, you know, this was, a, this was a really good fit. And, and thank you for, for having me. Yeah, quick shout out to my husband. Thanks so much for arranging yes. this, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it's Kyle's idea. We'll give him credit. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is all for today's episode. Like I had mentioned earlier, I'm going to put all of Lauren's information in the show description. So it'll be there when you go to look for it. Okay. Have a great day, everyone. And bye, Lauren. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too, Ainsley. Bye. Bye. Just a reminder that if you have any questions for me, to please send them to either my email at akirkpatrick.rmt at gmail.com. So that's A-K-I-R-K-P-A-T-R-I-C-K period R-M-T at gmail.com or Ainsleyk.rmt.doula on Instagram. So my handle on Instagram is A-I-N-S-L-E-Y K period RMT period D-O-U-L-A and that's at Instagram so no questions are too big or too small nothing is too silly I'd be happy to answer them so please reach out